0: Well, without further ado, we're in the foot washing text uh, of Jesus in uh, John 13. And uh, man, we're really, uh, uh, we're starting a new sermon series today um, in the series called uh, Love to the End. And uh, our vision for 2020, as we've talked about the last several weeks since the new year is intimacy with God. And uh, last week we finished a series called Intimacy Issues. And uh, man, we started learning about intimacy with God. And uh, although that series ended uh, that last Sunday, uh, this, all this discussion about intimacy with God, it doesn't end there. Uh, man, we're just going to continue it on. Um, we're going to keep talking about it, keep revisiting it, that, that concept frequently, if not every week, uh, because you'll find intimacy with God to be just so central so central to what it means to to be a christian to be a follower of jesus and not just intimacy with god um, but you'll also find that man intimacy with people uh intimacy with uh, with people with relationships in our lives you'll find that to be so central to what it means to be a christian what it means to follow jesus what it means to to know god so really today we're just starting a new series, but we're just going to keep talking about the same thing. And we're, we're just going to be, we're going to be seeing intimacy with God uh, every single week, just about. And uh, man, this Love to the End series uh, is a scripture. It's a, it's a discourse in John 13 through 16, John chapters 13 through 16. Uh, it's the Last Supper. You guys are probably all familiar with the Last Supper, uh, the night before Jesus' crucifixion. Uh, he basically, he goes on a dinner date. It's, it's a dinner date with his boys. And, you know, um, he has all these uh, remarkable teachings uh, to give them during this last meal uh, with his disciples. Um, the time had come for his death. Uh, he knew that. The time has come for his death. The shadow of the cross is in view. Uh, man, he was born and he came into the world to go to the cross. And man, now it's like a day away. It's like a day away. He's really feeling the shadow of the cross uh, upon himself. And the Last Supper in this text is really, it's the beginning of the end, is what it is. It's the beginning of the end for Jesus uh, and his life on earth. And uh, man, Jesus gives some of the most remarkable intimate teachings. The most remarkable intimate teachings in an intimate setting of a meal of a meal. Man, that shouldn't get lost on us. The context uh, of his teaching and the context of a dinner. So the next several weeks, man, we're going to continue to learn about intimacy with God and how that applies to our lives. And today, man, once again, we see a pattern. We see a pattern today. Again, just like we've been talking about the last several weeks, there's a pattern in scripture that can't be overstated. It's God's love. It's God's love. Man, it's his love for us, his intimacy with us, his intimacy to us, and what that does, how that translates in our lives, and how we love others. It's everywhere in Scripture, man. it's everywhere in the Gospels. Man, God loves you. Man, he serves you. He serves you. I don't know what you think about that. I'm not in your minds. I'm not in your, you know, your thoughts or I don't know what your hearts, you know, what's going on in your hearts. Man, do you really believe that? Man, do you know that? Man, that God loves you. This is just another scripture, another text where I hope that we leave this text. Man, it's really true. It really is True. It really is true that he loves us. Let's get into the text. Let's not waste any more time. Scripture says this. It says in John chapter 13, starting in verse 1. It's on the screen. And we'll just kind of go a little bit verse by verse. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world, may he love them to the end. During supper, when the devil had already put it in the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, and he rose from supper. Jesus knew that his hour had come, but the disciples didn't. They were kind of in the dark. They didn't really know what was going on. Jesus lived his life in anticipation of this hour. John begins recounting the Last Supper with this remarkable truth that we can't miss. Man, it just starts. It, it, it sets the tone of what, what's going to follow in, in these teachings from Jesus in this upper room after dinner. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. It sets the tone, man. He loved to death. You know, sometimes we'll say flippantly, I love you to death, you know, right? We love somebody so much and we'll say, I love you to death. Jesus literally loved us to death. To death. He loved to the fullest extent. That's also what that means. He loved to the end. He loved to the fullest extent. He poured out his cup to the bottom for us. There was nothing left in the cup. He poured it all out. He loved us to the end. There was nothing left. And what does that look like? What does that look like? I May mean, we see that, that truth... Okay, like, what's that look like? So Jesus, he rises from supper, and from the disciples' perspective, it's like, okay, what's he doing? You know, they're all. They're, I'm sure they were always asking, what's what's he gonna do next? You know, what's he what's he do next? What's he gonna do? And it says this. Continu- continuing in verse 4, it says, He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He washes the disciples' feet. During this critical evening before the crucifixion, he did not think of himself. He didn't think of himself, but he thought about others. He thought about his guys. He thought about the disciples. And details from John show that Jesus, we see here, he was thorough in the work. Man, he was thorough in the work. Jesus completely gave himself to the washing of their their feet. Not just a few wipes, not just a few wipes, but a thorough, complete cleaning. I mean, imagine this washing somebody's feet. If I'm washing somebody's feet, I'm probably going to be like, you know, and just like put, give a few wipes. You know, Jesus is thorough and washing the disciples' feet. He completely gives himself to it. That's just crazy to me. Man, when I think about feet, I'm going to say it right now, toe jam. I know, toe jam. I mean, really? Man, whatever you think about your own feet, we all got toe jam. You know, our feet are just gross. Come on. They're just like, they're, they're just weird. The disciples' feet are no different Everything you would imagine about their feet, it's, it's the same as ours, and it's not good. It's not good. Jesus was getting his, his hands and his fingers in between the toes, washing. I know, man, it's crazy. I'm seeing smiles. If Jesus wanted to display the image of a servant... If he just wanted to display the image of a servant, he could have had a servant or one of the disciples do all of this. He could have been like, you know what? I want to show them something. So here, you, you do this. You go wash their feet. But guys, we need more than just an image of a servant. We need more than that, man. He wanted to communicate to them and to us that it's him, that it's him who is our servant, that it's him, it had to be him. It had to be Jesus that did this. It had to be Jesus that did this. Wipe the damp cloth on a few dirty feet and considered the job done. He could have done it to one guy, to one person. He could have just done it to one disciple. Guys, I want to show you something. Peter, come here. You're going to be my example. Sit down, and he washes one guy's feet. He could have done that. He could have done that. Considered the job done. That would give the image of, a, of servanthood and loving leadership. But man, he goes the distance. It had to be him. It had to be all of them. And it had to be complete. It had to be thorough. His intimacy is complete. His love to us and his intimacy to us is complete. It's thorough. It goes to the end. It goes to the end. No shortcuts. There's no shortcuts. How do the disciples respond to such a thing? How do they respond to this, man? It says, starting in verse 6, it says, so, you know, he's washing their feet, and he finally, he comes to Simon Peter. So Simon Peter's next. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered him, What I am doing, you do not understand now. But afterward, you will understand. Peter said to him, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. If I don't wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, the one who has bathed does not need to wash except for his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not every one of you. For for he knew who was to betray him. That was why he said, not all of you are clean. Peter is like, what is happening right now? Man, what is happening right now? I've been following this guy for three years and, He's doing all these miracles, and he's saying he's God, and he's the Messiah. And man, I think he might be right. I I think he he is. And if he's that, why this? Man, if he's that, what's going on here? What is he doing? And according to, to Jewish law and Jewish traditions, it was absolutely unthinkable for a teacher to wash the feet of his disciples Absolutely unthinkable. And also in that culture, only a servant washed people's feet when they came into the house. Only a servant did that. And yet he does. He washes their feet. This was a radical and extreme act of servanthood. And why would Jesus do this? Man, later in, in the upper room, so in chapter 14, that'll be in like a couple weeks. Later in chapter 14, Philip tells Jesus to show us the Father. Show us the Father. And he replies, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You've already seen him. Why are you asking this? Why are you asking, show me the Father? You've, been, you, you've seen him for the last three years. If you want to know about God and what he is like and his character and his nature, you look at Jesus. You look at Jesus. Jesus was enacting one of the most important truths of the Christian faith it's God's committed sacrificial love for us. So, in Jesus washing his disciples' feet, well, what's that mean? Man, it means God. Think about this God washes our feet. We should be washing his feet. God serves us. He washes our feet. Think about that. Think about our sin and our brokenness, how undeserving we are. And God washes us. On top of that, one of the disciples whose feet he's washed is Judas. Jesus knows he's going to betray him and he still washes his feet. He doesn't wash their feet. And then he gets to Judas and skips over him. No, Judas, you're going to betray me. I'm not washing your feet. And then goes to the next. Man, he washes Judas's feet too. He's going to betray him. Despite this truth about God's committed sacrificial love for us, man, what, become, what comes between us? What comes between us and God in that truth? What comes between us and and that and him, his intimacy? And we see the answer in the heart of of Peter here in this text we just read. Man, he says, you shall never wash my feet. You shall never wash my feet. What's going on in Peter's heart to, to say that, to react that way? All throughout the Gospels, you see Peter. Peter just doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. He often denies Jesus from doing something, a teaching. No, that can't be true, Jesus. Man, he does it again here. He's like, no, you shall never wash my feet. He just doesn't get it. That's the bottom line, man. He just doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. After all of this time with Jesus, seeing his miracles, hearing his teaching, being with Jesus in the flesh, hanging out by the campfires, whatever, whatever it is, God's love is lost on him. Man, it's more theory. It's more theory than it is applied fact. It's more theory than applied experience. He knows information about God, but I mean, he doesn't know God yet. He knows info about him, but he doesn't know him. Man, but we really shouldn't be critical of Peter. If our first instinct is to be like, Peter, what an idiot. Why would he ask such a question? Why is he, do, you know, why is he saying that? Man, we shouldn't be critical of, of, of Peter. We shouldn't be critical of him. Even knowing all that we know, man, God's love and his expressions of his love and his grace that we see are still often lost on us. Man, we so easily forget it. We so easily forget it. Jesus told Peter, What I am doing, you don't understand. And he's right, he doesn't. Peter doesn't understand. But afterward, you will understand. Man, this is an intimate expression of what he is going to do the next day go to the cross. I am going to wash your sin. I am going to cleanse you of your sin tomorrow. Man, part of what I'm doing here is, uh, this, this, this is kind of a parable of the cross, is what this is. This is what Jesus is doing. After the resurrection, Peter's eyes will open. His eyes will open. Faith will give him a circumcision of the heart. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit and become a new man. He will understand. That's what Jesus is saying. You don't understand right now, but afterward, after the cross, you will. Your eyes will be opened. And everything I've taught you, everything I've done, man, it's going to make sense. You will understand. But it hinges on this reception. It hinges on this reception. Listen, the message from God, it's not this. If you wash my feet, then you have a share with me. That's not the message from God. If you wash my feet, then you have a share with me. The message from God is if I do not wash you, If I don't serve you, man, if I don't love you, if I don't wash you, you have no share with me. If we don't receive my humble washing, if you don't receive my humble washing, you don't know me. You don't know me. You have no participation in me if you don't let me do this to you. You have no share with me. If we don't receive the cross, if we don't receive God's love, if we don't receive his service on the cross, no strings attached, we have no share with him. If we don't receive that as a free gift, we don't know him. And we'll never know his grace. We'll have no share with him. If we don't accept the free, humble service of God to cleanse us. We have no part with him. On the cross in Christ, God gave himself completely to the work of salvation. Man, we need this kind of love. We need this kind of no strings attached love. Do we receive it? Do we receive it? Because a lot of us, I know in our lives, whether it's God or people, we have a really hard time with receiving gifts, you know, or if somebody wants to do us a favor or somebody wants to be like, hey, I'll, can I come over and clean your house? you would be like, no, 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 it's okay. You know, we don't like to let people do things for us. We don't like to let people serve us and, and to love us well. That's one, that's one way that we're bad with intimacy. I mean, that's Pride. That's pride. Do we receive it? Man, we have to, to grip, we have to come to grips with this. God's not who we would instinctually imagine him to be. Man, he's far better. He is far better. Peter has an idea about who God is. He has an idea about who God is, and it's not this. Man, it's, it's not dying on a cross. It's not dying on a cross, let alone feet washing. This is not God in Peter's eyes. I know some things about God, but man, it is not this. It can't be. It can't be. God is as all powerful as we might think him to be. Man, he is all that and more. But man, he is more humble and gentle than we would ever imagine. You can have both. Both can exist. And God. Both can exist. And we see it on the cross. We see both on the cross. We see His power through the resurrection. Man, and we see His humility through His suffering. We see His power in His resurrection and His humility in the suffering. Man, this is who God is. And when we truly receive the gospel, man, this intimacy with God, this intimacy coming from God in our direction has huge implications. Huge implications on our daily lives and how we relate with others. Are you guys seeing the pattern in here, you know, based on the last several weeks? Huge implications on how we live. Look at the text. Don't listen to me, just read the text. In verse 12 starting, it says this. It says, when he had washed their feet and put on his outer garments and resumed his place, he said this. He said to them, do you understand what I have done to you? Of course they don't understand. And he just told Peter that he doesn't understand. Like Jesus isn't literally trying to figure out if they understand or not. He's just getting them to think. Do you understand what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash another's feet. You also ought to wash another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Oh, man. <laughs> man. God's sacrificial servant love should cause us to do the same for each other, to serve others. Man, does this mean that I literally have to wash your feet, Jeremy? <laughs> if I don't literally wash somebody's feet, am I not fulfilling this text? If I don't literally wash people's feet, Am I being disobedient? We should be willing to literally wash people's feet. We should be willing to do that. But man, this is not a call to just start washing people's feet to, to fulfill this text. No, to fulfill this text, to fulfill this text, we have to see areas in life that cut deep into pride and ask, how am I refusing to serve somebody? How am I refusing to serve somebody and why? Why? And why? Guys, this this is a universal call on all of us. A misguided interpretation of this text is that no, no, you know what? He only washed the men's feet. I don't have to wash the women's feet. I just have to serve guys. I, I refuse to serve women. Man, that is a totally misguided interpretation of this text. This is a universal call on every single person. On every single person. To love and to serve each other without qualification, without qualification. And we can't love people well without first receiving receiving God's love for us and having a share with Him and participating in Him. Because of what God has first done for us, we should serve people as people in the church, our spouses. Wives, husbands, children, children, our co-workers. Man, I struggled with this. I struggled with this in the beginning of our marriage. This is something I really struggled with in the beginning of our marriage. Outside of a few small chores, I really grew up as a kid. I had, you know, I grew up with a silver spoon, and outside of a few chores, I didn't really have to do much. A lot of things, most things, were done for me. So consequently, when we got married, man, I didn't know how to serve. Right? I didn't know really know how to serve my wife, but man, I also didn't really want to because I didn't have to growing up. I didn't want to. Man, it's been a journey of prayer. It's been a journey of prayer. I'm going to double down on things I said last week. Wives, you should be serving your husbands. Wives, you should be serving your husbands. Husbands, you should be serving your wives. You should be serving your wives. Man, we should be actively looking for ways to serve our spouse if you're married. We should be actively looking for ways to serve our spouse and others to fulfill this command from Jesus. Man, it can look like a lot of different things. It can look like a lot of different things. When our spouse needs help and asks us to do something, we should do it to the best of our ability and the best of our availability. Man, Wednesday, we had a friend come over for dinner Wednesday night. Stephanie asked me if I could change the laundry and, you know, put it from the washer to the dryer and vacuum and do all this stuff. You know, she needed help. I did it. I did it. Man, I served her. Man, I'm not bragging. I'm not bragging. I've come a long way. That's not something I could have done when we first got married. I'm not bragging. Man, my wife and I, we switch mornings as much as possible as to who preps breakfast for our five and three-year-old daughters. You know, she lets me sleep in every other day, and I let her sleep in every other day. We do that to serve each other. Man, it's a mutual partnership of serving each other if you're married. It's a mutual partnership. Man, it's a, it's a mutual partnership of foot washing. Man, we should be serving our children. You might have some difficulty with that. I don't know. We should be serving our, chi- our children. I should be serving my children my five-year-old or my three-year-olds. We got Disney Plus, And the kids love the shows and the cartoons and all that stuff. And it's perfect. It's heaven. And, you know, they, they get about an hour a day of Disney Plus. Maybe two hours. It depends on how tired we are. And how crazy we've been driven that day. And, you know, just the other day, uh, Mackenzie is like, She's watching and she's like, Dad, can you go to the refrigerator and get me an apple? I was like, Girl? Man, but then I'm preparing this text. I'm preparing this text, this sermon. I'm just like, It's good. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get my five-year-old daughter an apple out of the refrigerator. I'm going to bless her. I'm going to serve her. I'm going to serve her. Man, now, don't get me wrong. With five-year-olds and three-year-olds and kids, you can't keep doing everything for them. They got to learn. Sometimes I don't do something for them. They got to learn how to take responsibility for themselves. But man, in that time... You know, I, I really tried to honor her hour of television. It's not much during the day. So she had that. She was in her hour of Disney Plus And you know what? I'm going to honor that. And I'm going to go get the apple for her. I'm going to serve her. And I, she probably didn't get it. She probably didn't get it. I learned something from it. She probably didn't get it. But man, that, that's how they're really going to grow in God's love, Our kids. Man, they're not gonna come to know God and love God through rules and punishments. They're gonna come to know and love God through seeing us serve each other and seeing their dads serve them and show grace and mercy. That's how they're gonna come to know and love God and experience intimacy with God. Man, how can we serve our co-workers, you know? How can we love our co-workers? How can we serve them? How can we actively look for ways to do it? Not just serve them when they ask. Like, hey, can you do this? Man, think outside the box. You know what? How can I bless this co-worker today? What would they really love if I did something for them? Man, how can I serve my coworker. These are great questions that we have to be asking. All of this I'm talking to you about, this is how we fulfill this text. Daily moment to moment recognition of how we can serve somebody in our lives, in our different spheres. Guys, I'm going to conclude on this. Man, it had to be God himself. First, doing it. Not just a, a, a mere image of it, of somebody else doing it. It had to be Jesus Himself washing the feet, and it had to be complete and thorough. It had to be those things. And intimacy with God begins with reception of this gospel. Man, this is good news. Intimacy with God begins with reception, with receiving this, and allowing God, allowing God to cleanse and serve us on the cross and having a share with Jesus. And then translating, that's translating into this distribution of this love to others through us. Intimacy with others begins when we first received God's love When we first receive this washing, this cleansing, and this intimacy to us, man, we've seen the pattern again. It's all throughout scripture. First God's love, and first his love and his serving, and then us in our lives.